What you got, Pablo? Give it to me. Guys, two. Just an empty room in my brain. Oh, (laughs) your brain is a mansion with no doors, and I love it. And right now, it's just real echoey in there, Dominique. Stop shooting imaginary arrows at the camera. It's Wednesday. It's a bullseye. What am I supposed to do? Wow. We have we have a bunch of topics that I want to get to. We have football. We have Tyree Kill. We have what's wrong with the Rams. We have Georgia, Alabama. We have the Phoenix Suns and everybody hating each other. Oh, we have a guy who absolutely is going to be shooting right at a metaphorical target this season, Ben Simmons. Well done. And we have some people to help us, Dominique. Who do we have to help us today? Bring them on. Bring them out. Bring them out. Spencer Hall and David Jacoby. Let's start with my man. Spencer, I am never not going to wear these glasses when you're on the show with us from now on, just so you know. I can't tell you guys apart. It's not fair. <laughs> we, I don't know which one we, to shoot. Yeah. We need, we need to get him a pair. That's yeah. what needs to happen. Is that at, one, at one point, we need to get him the cosmetic, uh, the cosmetic glasses. Because, I mean, I'm, again, that's Dominique, Brooklyn right Dominique there. Having, having perfect vision, right? All right, guys, we are going to start with a game. The game is what's the headline? I'm going to give you a situation that's happened in sports. And you guys, venerated sports journalists, savants of sports media, will tell us what the headline should be. So the first one, the 49ers beat the Rams 24-9 to last night. What should the headline be after that game? Mm, can I get an early bid on Matt Stafford looking like shit? Oh my gosh. You're not even going to try to do a headline? Goodness gracious. That is the headline. That's not a real headline. The point has to be like, has to be like wordplay puns, I feel like, or something like Ramley Ramley feud. Because it's the connection between the Shanahan lineage and they had a feud. But also the fact that they never beat them. I feel like there should be something to the fact that, that the Rams can only beat them in the playoffs one time. I don't there's know. There's that. lots to play you with call, there. You can also talk about me out on not having enough puns, which is a rare thing. But you, I mean, you could point out the fact that the Rams won the Super Bowl last year with the F them picks. And now they're paying the price for having gone all in because now their roster is very thin. There's lots of things to play with. I thought Ramley feud was fun. And you thought Matt Stafford played like shit, which is actually true, but not all that fair considering oh come on i mean the supported the supporting cast was really like mm-hmm. lacking we'll talk about it yeah i, I think my, my was, headline would be headline would be ram slat bed chat if you want the more profane there we go see i'm gonna give you the variety headline there because i'm a professional <laughs> yeah to 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 build on that dominique i have very like if you're going as a football fan, and saying this in plain terms, quarterback ain't doing it alone. There's 10 other factors on his side alone that are going to influence what you do. And Matt Stafford clearly is missing some of those 10 other pieces that made him so successful last year. That's the notion, right? If you get sacked seven times, if you are pressured 17 times, right? If you lose a, a, a great player of his era and Andrew Whitworth to retirement, for instance, right? You're just not going to be the same team. You're not like it, the, it all starts with the offensive line and the offensive line is in itself, not the same unit they were last year. They're not as cohesive and chemistry isn't quite there. 
pay the cost to be the boss because they are the bosses because they won the championship last year. And right now they are paying the cost for going all in. Also, Little Cup, K-U-P-P, Little Cup is not big enough to run it runneth over because Cooper oh, Cup God. is the only weapon they have. There's there. your headline. <laughs> there you go. I mean, I'm just I'm just spitballing out here, Pablo. We can workshop it together. I don't want to shame you. Let's figure something out. What is the thing that you want to to accentuate in this loss? The fact that they can't beat the 49ers ever. The fact that they uh, their roster is slim because they yeah. went on last year. Odell workshopping is, is is gone. Von Miller left. You just just pick something. We can work something out. Matthew Stafford yeah. elbows hurt. Uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to get past the fact that um, I did, if you guys hadn't noticed yet, obviously draft Matt Stafford as my fantasy football quarterback. Um, I'm trying to get past oh, that buddy. to like oh, the we truth can do that. of this. We can do but, that. but the truth of it is that, I mean, mm. from a purely evidence-based perspective, like you look at his last 17 games, he has thrown more interceptions than anybody else in the NFL. And I thought last year that you could get past that. They did it in the Super Bowl. He did it twice in the Super Bowl, right? Or some, I believe so. And so the remember. idea that you can survive mm. all of this stuff, it just feels like whatever, maybe this is Spencer's point, whatever the Rams were doing to minimize the idea that Mad Stafford is a turnover machine, it's now being felt in a way that feels fatal when it comes to well, their offense. Also, like, styles make fights. You know, one of the things that I've learned from actually listening to what players say is that a team is not the same necessarily week to week. In context, they're facing someone else who makes them into another thing. When the Rams face the 49ers, the 40, the Rams are based, what, on, on zone runs, right? Like big zone runs up front, and then everything's kind of based off that. They're very much a play-action team. Short-circuiting a play-action game depends on stopping the run with an active defensive line. The 49ers happen to have one of those, and they're always going to be a bad matchup. Always going to be a bad matchup for the Rams. Doesn't mean they can't beat them. Doesn't mean it can't be competitive. It's just something that you have to consider when you're talking about this team versus another. And that's when your quarterback, who is already, I'm going to be complimentary, speculative. He's optimistic with balls down the field sometimes, <laughs> right? Speculative is an incredible Yeah, euphemism. speculative. I, right? I personally like optimistic. Well, he's an aggressive, one. he's an aggressive Hope. investor. Yeah. <laughs> He's, you know, quarterbacks like Matt Stafford sometimes do believe hope is a strategy. And <laughs> when hope is a strategy, sometimes it becomes an interception down the field in the hands of equally optimistic DBs who are more than happy to take those gifts, right? So when you get that, you're not quite getting the same production out of the run game and you're not getting that protection. Voila, here we go. Yeah, yeah. Four picks targeting Cooper Cup. Uh, this season, three picks targeting Lil Cup all of last season. And meanwhile, by the way, I was watching this game, watching the post-game stuff, and it does feel like the headline everybody else was going with, and this is now inspired by Dominique, so I can't take the blame for it. It is that Jimmy G hits his spot. Oh, yeah. That's a good stolen one. I will celebrate you for proper stealing. <laughs> proper stealing. The bad part about that is he didn't. <laughs> like the the biggest play of the uh, night was the a bad spot pass. is clear. Oh, okay. Wait. So this is so the spot that he hit with Debo Samuel Dominique. You're saying that that is not even that was just straight up bad. It was luck. I mean, it was it was it was partial skill, mostly luck. It oh, 80 percent of Jimmy G's passing yards came after the catch. Oh, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. the it seemed like that pass. That was obviously the climax of the game, and it okay. seemed like it was. Uh. He did not anticipate that being there at that moment. He was shooting for something else, and he had a great play by mistake. Good job. What's up, So I, I have a bunch of follow-up questions about the game. And the first one is, I'll stick, we should stick with the Niners. And so last week we saw them lose 11, and 10, 11 to 10 to the Broncos, and we were like, ooh, this team might actually stink with Jimmy Garoppolo's quarterback. But the defense, and particularly the defensive line, looked so good last night, and Garoppolo was so accurate that – does that change how you feel about this team? Do you still I think did. of them as a potential Final Four team because of how good the supporting cast is? I would have sworn that Dominique would have given us a 49ers defense take as his yeah. lead here. Their defense is really good, guys. They've been good all season. I think the reason <laughs> yeah. why their defense is, was particularly um, effective last night, I think, was like you credit their talent. It's definitely there. Their coaching is there. But it was also the matchup to the Styles Make Fights point is there's only so much blitzing you can feel comfortable doing when you have a big play threat on the other side of the field. And they didn't have one. And as effective as Cooper Cup is at moving the sticks, uh, it's a reasonable risk reward to be like, all right, we'll pressure uh, Matthew Stafford right now because the worst thing that can happen is he's going to throw an eight-yard pass to Cooper Cup. Then we'll do it again. And then we'll do it again. And if they can do that all the way down the field without giving up one sack, then they deserve it. They earned it. But the fact that Allen Robinson can't um, credibly threaten anybody down the field and they don't have anybody else, they got a fullback. Like, can I take a moment to discuss how they have a wide receiver that they also play at fullback and they matched (laughs) up against Debo Samuel? It's like, don't you dare come out here with this scaronic bootleg Debo thing. It's like, we got a receiver that can do a bunch of stuff too. Watch this. Come on over here, scaronic lead block. <laughs> <laughs> what? And then we watch Debo do things that Debo does. So, yeah, uh, the, the uh, D'Amico and the defense deserve a ton of credit. However, it's the styles make fights portion that really uh, jumps out in to me, where their matchups work out really well for that aggressive D-line and a defense that is suddenly blitz-happy. The 49ers tried to get all, like, like fancy highfalutin cash-in, step up to the next tier offensively by raising Trey Lance from a pup into a machine. He gets injured, and it's back to the old me. <laughs> like, this is this – is, like, God I forgive like, me, but it's back to the old me. It is. Yeah. This, is this is Bugs Bunny holding the shotgun, right? Yes. Just, like, waiting. That's the meme. Uh I love it when this happens in the NFL when somebody just has to do what works because clearly Kyle Shanahan would really love to have a more wide-open kind of offense. He would love to go further down the field. He would love to have a guy who is a legit running threat, and he has Jimmy Garoppolo and a defense that eats metal. That's really what he has, and he has to like build the entire team around that. It's like when Brian Billick was with the Ravens, and he's oh. like, yeah – I was, yeah, I was this guy who was all about, like, you know, wide open offense. And now every game is a rock fight. And I I adore that. I love it when the NFL's like, do you want to survive or do you want to be happy? Right now, they're happy with surviving in this kind of game. I want to talk about the Rams for a little bit because really throwing the ball 35 today, times a game really to is. Cooper Cup and Tyler Higby does not seem to be, with no running game, does not seem to be a winning formula. And this is a team despite the bad vibes this offseason, I think we had higher expectations for. And the question I have for you is, if this is their personnel going forward, 
assuming Odell Beckham doesn't join the team. He's not a massive impact player. Is their offense fixable? Is it fixable at all with the group they have? Mm. Nope. I mean, I, I guess you can hope that boy genius uh, Sean McVay, I say that both sarcastically and genuinely, uh, maybe he can figure something out, but I don't know what it is. I, I mean, I said before the season started that Allen Robinson wasn't the type of receiver that they needed because he is not, uh, he's a contested catch winner. He's not a deep threat guy. He's not a get open guy. And they need something else. They need some other sort of threat because uh, you're asking Matt Stafford to be uh, precision all the way down the field. And he can do it sometimes, but he can't do it enough. And you're not even taking the pressure off them with a running game that's effective. There's really, I, I don't know, it's going to require some, I guess that's why they pay him the big bucks is he's going to figure it out. But coaching around all these holes seems almost impossible to me. And maybe it's a, a bit prisoner of the moment, but we saw it when they play good teams. We saw, we see what happens, and we'll continue to see it. But they got a Super Bowl ring, so I guess it's a trade-off they're willing to make. Yeah, this year's when the rent gets paid. I think you know, like that needs to be repeated over and over and over again because uh, this is not the same team. It's not even the same philosophy. And when you're getting like sixty yards rushing a game, you, that's not a credible play-action threat. You can't even protect him, right? Because nobody will bite on it. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it. I don't, especially without like who's the most dominant receiver right now in the NFL is Tyree Hill. They have nothing close to a, a coverage busting, field stretching wide receiver. And so, does it feel, by the way, if you're Odell Beckham Jr. and you're watching all of this, and this has been the conversation the entire time about like, okay, Odell's going to come back. He's going to take his old locker. They left his locker open for him. If you're Odell and you're watching this, and I'm watching freaking Matt Stafford throw zero touchdowns over these last two weeks again. No personal incentive in this take, but zero touchdowns in two weeks. I don't want any part of this. Yeah, I mean, Odell probably thinks that he's the answer. <laughs> like, there's yeah. going into a bad situation, and when you show up, it gets good. I mean, there's no better feeling in the world than that. <laughs> I assume that Odell does not believe that he's going to come in there and then they're going to still be bad. So it seems like a good I mean, it still could be an attractive opportunity because that's what he did last year and the situation wasn't even bad. But when he showed up, he had an impact. And if you remember the the narrative surrounding Odell Beckham before his Rams run was not a positive one. He gave up on the Browns and he never wanted to be there and he didn't respect them. And his father was in Twitter beefs trying to embarrass Baker Mayfield. And now we actually remember Odell Beckham as great team leader guy, <laughs> Super Bowl champion. He was on track for MVP before uh, he got hurt in the Super Bowl. So, like, I think he believes that he can do that again. We're going to skip the Tyree Kill topic and move on to the next one. What's next is some college football. And I want straight-A Pablo, straight-A Dominique, and straight-A Spencer on this. None of, none of you two goofballs in the top row uh, taking this topic off the rails because I'm genuinely interested about the state of college football. <laughs> Alabama passed Georgia in the polls despite Bryce Young's injury. Both teams have wobbled, though. What should the headline in college football be right now? Mm, Spencer has clearly been the best headline writer as well yeah. as the most informed person on college football. Yeah. So we're going to do the thing that we just said that Patrick Mahomes used to do to Tyreek Hill when he couldn't think, which is just throw it to Spencer. <laughs> and you figure this one out. I like it. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it would, it, would uh, it would be Tide Swamps Hogs, comma, Passes Dogs. Oh, this guy is. Why? 
this is this is something that this is something oh, that he yeah. actually I can't, is I can't like do, skilled listen, at. I can't, I can't do basic math, and I don't know how air conditioners work, but I can do this. Oh, but you right. can channel the voice of like do. the back page of a tabloid newspaper, like thirty That's years correct. ago. Yes, right. Do you know what effect rhyming has on people? If you do this, people are like, "Wow!" If you just say things like "Georgia beat Alabama in a fancy way." Um, what should the headline be? I gave you the headline. What does it mean? It means this. It means that Alabama is going to have to do without Bryce Young for a while and introduce an entirely different kind of supremely talented, terrifying quarterback um, at their attack. Um, they're going to have to switch to a run game, and it's going to be very interesting because um, if they run what I'm suggesting is the 2007 NCAA offense from the video game if you yep. just run pat white and steve slayton oh, with their yeah. current backfield with, of milrow and gibbs okay jalen milrow is the quarterback who has to come in what you need to know about jalen milrow is going to look a lot more like jalen hurts back there um because he is fast as hell if you saw he took i know you're fast by the way when you start moving laterally 20 yards down the field like yeah. you're like you're passing through the checkout at costco like excuse me <laughs> Excuse me, pardon me. Like when the safeties aren't even a consideration, just pardon. Yeah, here, I need to go over there. Um, he's an amazing runner. He's a limited passer. And that's going to be all right against most people because Alabama's just that much more talented than everyone else most of the weeks that they roll out a team. So they're going to be okay. I think they're holding their breath. The thing I'd worry about is this. Bryce Young, that passing attack was rather limited, but it was developing. And they were trying to find people that they could rely on downfield while – really working an effective run game go check the stats they average a lot of yards per carry i think i think they're hanging at something like seven yards per carry maybe more after this last weekend that no they're super effective on the ground and i think they'll be fine for the moment but i kind of worry that when they get bryce young back they will be behind schedule in terms of developing a balanced offense and that might cause them to drop one or two down the road that's what i worry about for Which, them. I mean, one or two, I guess two would be a problem. One's not a big problem. Two, two may not problem. be a problem either because if they at least find themselves in the SEC championship game, they have a shot if they could beat Georgia. Like, let's just fast forward. Let's get everyone healthy. Just have Alabama and Georgia sit out. Like, you guys can sit out for the rest of the year and then come playoff time. Let's go ahead and let them play. Or we can give them warm-up games against Michigan and Ohio State. But, like, well, I guess Ohio State could potentially – not be a warm-up game. They could win. But I don't care nothing about Alabama playing Arkansas. Get that out of my face. Alabama is an NFL roster. Stop playing college teams. Play the, the only other NFL teams in college football. Don't nobody care about that either. They was taking a break, Alabama. Well, so that's, what? This is, this that they, is, I actually they do, barely I, beat Missouri. I do have questions about what we should think about Georgia after they were trailing Missouri by 10 with 10 minutes left in this game. Like, did you learn well, anything, Spencer, about this? Yeah, that one, Georgia can't run on demand. That's not, you know, they, they can't. Some people's rush attacks are an ATM. They know they're going to get, you know, four yards if they need it. They know you're going to get three yards. That is not the case with this Georgia team so far. It's not that they're bad. They just can't count on it instantly. So, how have they been picking up first down? Stetson Bennett's real good at this. If I have two tackles here and you collapse the middle, Stetson Bennett's going to get squirrely. He's going to go to one side or the other, and he's either going to hit a tight end in the flat, and that tight end's going to run 40 yards because they're tight ends, if you don't know, Darnell Washington and Brock Bowers, a combined 26 feet of tight end <laughs> at least. Just, just ogres, gigantic men, all right? 
kaiju. Just <laughs> incredible <laughs> specimens, both of them, okay? Darnell Washington, by the way, caught a ball this weekend, had two Mizzou defenders hit him, and they bounced off. Literally. I don't mean... I don't mean like, oh, they just sort of fell. No, three feet backwards, both of them. So, like, that's what they did late in this game is they leaned on their tight ends and said, I dare you to keep up with these guys in the open field. What Missouri did was real simple. They had two good ends, and they were able to contain him. If you can contain him and keep him from scrambling and collapse the middle, you don't give the quarterback a lot of room to function. They got tired at the end of the game. They're not as deep as Georgia. Depth really catches up to you in the fourth quarter. That is the thumbnail sketch of what happened in this game that made it so tight. Also, man, Missouri's kicker, big dude named Mevis, he's hit, he was like stroking him from 55. His name he's is an Mevis. incredible kicker. <laughs> M-E-V-I-S. Mevis. <laughs> First of all, thank God for Spencer Hall. Because, I mean, you just gave us a download. I feel like I know something about college football I know. that I did not know before. All, all I got is like a, mm-hmm. a, is like trying to figure out, can I make Mevis and Butthead into a headline? <laughs> and so far, the answer is no. I've been trying. Dude, I've been trying for two weeks. He's been in the news two weeks running <laughs> oh, for well, very if, different if, if Spencer can't make it to a headline, go ahead and save your energy. Yeah. yeah. Alabaster, save us, please. Uh, Dominique, you're a – you are a uh, pro player shill, so I have to ask you this question. Um, Bryce Young, he hurt his shoulder, but they don't think it's that serious, but they're being very cryptic about what happened. Should he ever play college football again? Why should he come back and care about his Alabama team and save them? You're asking me the question that you should be asking the other side. I feel like the, the answer is obviously no. I think it's harder to argue why he should come back. I mean, I guess you should come back because of a team or something. I don't know. That's an argument for you want to win another it, Heisman. You, you want to so win that you a can championship. Get, it's so that you can get the Bryce man cometh when he returns as a headline. <laughs> there yeah? you go. Or, yeah, I'll, I'll give you thumbs I up. I like it. Oh, no, no, no. This is sad. Yeah. Just pity, pity thumbs uh, up for the podcast. I like that. We, it's it's, it's, a, it's that. a positive. It's it's a positive nickname here, by the way, because Stetson Bennett's nickname is the Mailman, which is uh, which will never ever fail to be funny to me. The ma- I know, like that we're trying to repurpose Carl Malone's nickname is the. But it's also even me. worse about- because the thing that Carl Malone got told in one of the best pieces of trash talk ever is the ultimate burn for a quarterback who's good in college and will never play in the NFL, which is that the Mailman don't deliver on Sundays. <laughs> Don't deliver on Sundays. Um. Yeah, so risking injury, like he's a first-round pick already, probably number one overall whenever he is eligible yep. for the draft. Coming back and exposing yourself to injury, you can't get any higher. Um. I, I guess maybe the risk is that you drop down a little bit, but with the way that the salaries are now, it's not going to cost – it's not going to hurt you that much, and you might end up on a better team if you go to the end of the first round anyway. So there, it feels mm. really hard for me to justify – Um. Bryce Young coming back to play, but I don't even think I was going to say there's like this football mindset about going out there and whatever. I think that does not apply when it comes to the draft. If you're on the roster, maybe your coach will be upset at you, but if they look at you and think you're really talented, it's like, oh, but he ain't playing the bowl games. He hurt his shoulder. He'd ever come back. Okay. Mm -hmm. You got a chance at a franchise quarterback. We'll talk to him when he gets here. But one thing we're going to do is draft him. We're not going to pass up on him because of some well, foolishness. So, Especially Spencer, right? I mean, just to add the obvious here, like he's done it. He's won the Heisman. Like mm-hmm. he's pretty good in terms of just the resume oh. in college. 
Uh, also, you've already got that NIL money. If you look and you watch a college sure. football game this Saturday, you will see a Dr. Pepper ad with Bryce Young yes. in it. I love it. Talking about how he's their new son. That's he's, in the, um, he's in the Nissan. Yeah. He's in the Nissan Heisman house commercials, too. He's in the Heisman house. He's getting that oh, money right. already. Good for him. I mean, I guess yeah. there is, like, yeah. the idea of rust or something, too, but use that money to yeah. hire you a coach and hire some players <laughs> for you to play against that won't hit you. Yeah, it, it, there's no reason for him to come back other than I feel obligated to my team. I might not make that decision because, frankly, that check from Dr. Pepper is already cleared, and I'm waiting on the next check. But do you think don't you Alabama. don't you think that conversation with Nick Saban is going to be pretty uncomfortable? Like I'm thinking about if I had to go tell Nick Saban, like, look, man, I'm not coming back ever. What's what's a comfortable conversation with Nick Saban? You ever had one of those? <laughs> yeah. There aren't many of them. Yeah, I think he's uh, he's comfortable with being uncomfortable. Bryce Young is and. I mean, I don't care about it. I guess you want to be able to go back to Alabama or something, and maybe it's a stipulation in your NIL money. There's something about, like, not quitting the football team. That feels like something they might put in there. So I don't know. Maybe there are some other stipulations, but from a strategic standpoint, it doesn't seem wise to go back out there and subject yourself to any more uh, risk and or any more injury and risk losing a substantial amount of money. And he's yeah, small, Yeah, the actual too. answer is that – yeah, he's not a big dude at all. Um, so the actual answer is Nick Saban will hate it. But Nick Saban is on the record is pretty much hating everything about NIL, and it's yeah. a um, also him being unhappy is not an emergency. It's a it's every day, right? That does not constitute an emergency for him to be unhappy about the behavior of a player or a team. It's every day. It's one of the reasons he's real good. He's so jolly, Dominique. Right from jump. David Jacoby, smiling, wow. waving. Happy Easily to be here. The most, the most personable, friendly, debatable that we have. Are you always this happy to be here? No, I'm in a good right. mood today. How yeah. do you feel? How do you feel about getting relegated to the Foxworth Studio, which is just a random office? Because now I'm in the real studio. That's right. Uh, I, how do I say this? It hurts less than being relegated to like the Mariano of debatable now. Like I used to be like a starter, like pitching a complete game. And now it's just like, oh, we're talking about basketball. Let's, let's bring in the basketball guy. That, that would... hurts more. That actually hurts. Being relegated to the, the small office does not hurt at all. Okay. First we'll, off, we'll carve out some room for some football takes when we're done talking about basketball. You got some hot football okay. takes, you give them to us at the end. I got, I got you. Spill, I got in the meantime, in concussions, the meantime, no big deal. We're photoshopping your face onto Mariano Rivera's body because we're now an edited show, Jacoby, and we can do that because uh, our producers oh, oh, are able to be abused by us. At also, our our this will not last. Um, oh, God, I hate you. The question I have for you guys the Phoenix Suns, they're a mess. You've got DeAndre Ayton not talking to Monty Williams. You got Devin Booker posting LeBron press conferences from the 2011 finals. You got Chris Paul, who's perpetually cranky. And then they had their preseason debut. And they just lost to the Adelaide 36ers of the NBL. And my question for you all, how concerned are you about the Phoenix Suns heading into the season? So I'm like one of these people who has, has, has sung the praises of global basketball, right? We're at a place where this giant French kid's like the next LeBron. Um, we're at this place where we're getting MVPs from all across the globe. And yet even still, 
losing to a team called the Adelaide 36ers, which is like truly that knockoff ass brand cereal, Dominique, kind of vibes here. I cannot help but be, I can't help but feel humiliated on behalf of the Phoenix Suns, losing 134 to 124. Damn, by 10. I mean, it's it would only be humiliating if they didn't already humiliate themselves with this entire Phoenix Suns offseason of, like, terrible, embarrassing. I guess embarrassing is an understatement. But, I mean, in basketball, the preseason or the regular season doesn't start until Christmas. So this is the pre-preseason. So who cares? Mm. They'll get it together. This is, like... I don't know. This is pickup ball, essentially. They're not really out there trying. They don't care about the 36ers. For the, for the 36ers, shout to them. They shot 24 for 33. That's why I lost. But the Suns, everyone wants to point back to like, ooh, does the Robert Sarver thing, how does that affect the Suns? I'm going to say 0%. Robert Sarver is known to be one of the worst owners in sports, not necessarily the league. I don't think that affects their play on the floor whatsoever. However, I think what does affect their play is DeAndre Ayton's happiness feeling wanted. I think that affects the play. And they've done something that is really weird. They've like announced that Cam Johnson is going to start and Jay Crowder isn't going to start. And Jay Crowder has rejected this. So they've got now like a team leader, like sort of like a heart and soul vocal team leader, vet in the locker room being like, I don't want to be here. Get me out of here. And there's a part of me. It's like Jay Crowder. I love Jay Crowder. A three and D wing. is just like the most valuable thing in the NBA. But the idea that he got relegated briefly to a, a, a non-starting role means he wants to leave. Like, if you want to leave, we're going to go. A contender that's going to start you? That doesn't exist. It's just really odd to me, this, like, Jay Crowder rejection of Monty Williams when we all, like, know and love Monty Williams based on what he did in the finals oh. two years ago. Like, yeah, yeah. I, that's concerned. It seems like there's disaccord that we can feel from this locker room. There's disaccord. There's that accord. There's also discord. Um, I'm so sorry for making fun of your public school education just then, Jacoby. First of all, I didn't even I didn't even know you did. I didn't even know you did. That's the thing. That's I didn't even know you did until you brought it up. You just you just snitched on yourself. You just told on yourself just now. Dominique, Dominique, the idea. You got your nerd glasses on. You got your hair flipped to the side. You think you're cute, don't you? Yeah, I'm in New York. We're both in New York. It's not like I'm in D.C. We come over there and whoop that ass if we got to, nerd. Jam you in your own I'm, I'm not. I'm not going I, anywhere. I, I can tell that my glasses and my increasing handsomeness are very threatening in the way that clearly Monty Williams and I would say not just Jay Carter, but DeAndre Aiden are also clearly at odds right now. I mean, you mentioned, Jacoby, we all love Monty Williams. That to me is the story here. Do we all love Monty Williams? <laughs> I mean, the DeAndre Aiden thing is challenging the single The second he signs a near-max deal for four years, don't you reach out and be like, hey, bud, we're going to be working together for four years. That just seems natural. And, like, I do not think it is on the player to reach out. I think it is on the organization to reach out. I think Monty Williams is part of the organization. With Jay Crowder in general, why can't we just be honest? I feel like the I guess he doesn't have enough power to do this, but we're in a place in NBA where the power amongst the star players is such that you can just be honest about how you feel. I want to leave because I don't like it here. I find it hard to believe that the reason why he wants to leave is because of this. Like, there has to be something else and you just need a reason. Is that – I mean, I know it's speculation. I don't know, but – it just feels like to me that thing that you do when you like want to quit a job or you want to like leave a party and you're waiting for something to happen and you're like, oh, they got here. I don't like them. I'm leaving. I can't stay. I can't stay. Well, you're really just tired and you want to go home. So Jay, just tell the truth. 
it's too it's too hot in Phoenix yeah. or whatever is going on, whatever you don't like. You went Dr. Bennett Amalu. You went tell the truth on Jay Crowder, which is a place that I did not anticipate. <laughs> Alabaster, like your level of concern here, right? There are basketball concerns. The Suns are a finals team that's being sort of torn apart in the locker room right now by a couple of high-profile players. I agree that the Robert Sarver thing is not the thing that's really the story yeah. on the court because they've existed with that man and that story for literal decades, essentially. Are you concerned, or is this all preseason or pre-preseason, as Dominique just called it, just nonsense? I think we should absolutely be concerned, and that's not hyperbolic. The last time we saw this team, there are one seed getting the doors blown off them by the Mavs in a Game 7, and everything that we've seen since, them, since then shows a team that appears to be broken internally and a team that on the court was not good enough to get over the finish line. And I think it's fair to expect a little bit less from Chris Paul, and not much more from DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker, he's, who seemed close to finished products. And so if that team's not going to get you over the line, and they all don't like each other, and it seems like there's a broken emotional state of that team, I think even Vegas is telling us this is a problem. They're projected to have 12 less wins this year than they were last year. So, Ooh. Oh, okay, so two juicy nuggets, right? Like one of them... When DeAndre Aiden is asked if he's spoken to Monty Williams, Juicy Nuggets, why? Why are you laughing? Um, he know, said, um, when asked, crazy. will you ever talk in the near future? DeAndre Aiden says, quote, I'm here, period. That's one nugget. The number two Juicy Nugget is that Devin Booker posted this on Instagram. Um, you may know this screen cap, Jacoby, as the screen cap from the time LeBron James got behind a microphone and said, basically, all y'all poor people are going to wake up tomorrow and still be poor and miserable, and I'm going to be me. What are his best shots of his career? What are the best shots of his career? I love it to this day. I understand why some people don't, but it makes me – it brings me so much joy. When it happened, it made me happy because I felt the same way. I was disappointed that they didn't win, and I didn't like how everyone was reveling in the fact that he lost the championship. And then I thought for a second after he said this, like, yeah, this man is second place in the NBA. And the rest of you clowns out here trying to laugh at him. Like, ha ha, you didn't win the championship. He's LeBron James. Shut up, dummies. Oh, Jacoby, you should know that Dominique's also been piloting a take that all quarterbacks are elite because they're the top 32 quarterbacks on the planet. So this is kind of a logical piece with the idea that no athletes can ever be criticized because they're all awesome. Aren't they? That's a great take. Does Devin Booker just seem like a huge tool bag for posting this after a preseason game? No. That's LeBron no. James in the finals. <laughs> no. I'm a Devin Booker supporter. <laughs> okay. It's when you call Here's it outside of his name, it's hard for me to agree to it. You know what I mean? But when you do compare LeBron James losing a final to the Suns losing <laughs> against the 36ers, you get you gain a little ground back. You gain a little ground back. That's He's a not point. a tool bag, but maybe maybe he should have gone to this tool in his bag in a different point in his career. That's fair to say. It's yeah. it's um also kind of um funny to me how we generally, and by we I mean fans and media generally celebrate the players who have this in them except for when we don't like it like i feel like this is the story or this is one of the stories that if he goes on to win the championship we're gonna be like see he never let anything slide he took every slight you said oh, to it. motivate him yeah so just like, like the last dance it's basically yeah. the last dance but it's devin booker's 
everything is the last dance to everyone. They're like, well, Jordan punched Kerr in the face, and that was awesome. That's why they're so great. <laughs> this is, falls in the same category as that. Y'all just don't like it because no, you want to No, no, no. My man held up a 70-point sign when they were like a 30-win team and a loss in the regular season. This is oh, just I support Booker. that. This I support that. Dance. Fully support I support it. I fully support fully the 70-point support. sign, yeah, bro. Yeah, it's like, I, like celebrate. People I, don't celebrate I, enough in this world. Enough. I scored I'm 70 so points. I'm going to celebrate that. What am I supposed to do? Oh, it didn't matter to me because we lost. It didn't matter that I scored 70 points in an NBA basketball game because we didn't win. There's only one stat that matters to me, wins and losses. Please. Please. That's not true. I don't care if you overthrow the pass. I'm going like this. I'm dancing, <laughs> shaking my ass, all types of stuff because it is something worth celebrating. And I don't, if you execute a good meeting in your office today, I want you to spike your computer afterwards and celebrate it, because you deserve it. to be happy. Yes. And if you're in your 50s and you're Caucasian, definitely do the gritty. I will also point out, beyond the fact that Dominique um, embraces, unsurprisingly, the baseball team making the divisional playoffs. Philosophy to every day of his life. Hold on, time out. So, on, time we don't out, celebrate time out, time enough. Out. Serious, I'm all the celebrations. Serious, serious question. How many people do you know have won a divisional series in Major League Baseball? <laughs> so shut up and celebrate. Well, I don't get why people are mad. Oh They're pouring champagne. I, 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 I not only, I only not, I, I not only agree fundamentally with what Dominique is saying. I also am just here to point out the hypocrisy of Alabaster blaming someone else go. for Alabaster holding up a stupid card. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know, Dominique, how many how many preseason games did you celebrate? All of them. I, I every okay. single one yeah. of them. And yeah. well, the I Ravens mean, the Ravens haven't okay. lost one since like uh, since uh, eighteen thirty six. Pablo, do you think the fact that you dominated Mikhail Bridges affected the Sun psyche? You oh, dominated yeah. in fantasy football. Oh, I that's beat, another elf for I the Suns. I just beat Mikhail Bridges in fantasy football this week. That is an I what? Can you Photoshop me behind No, oh Photoshop God, behind me George Bush's mission accomplished banner on an <laughs> aircraft carrier and have the score of my fantasy matchup with Mikhail Bridges mm. Phoenix Suns forward um, somewhere uh, in smaller print. What was the score? Yeah. Um, I think I won very narrowly by like three points, but nonetheless, you mean, you mean every one of those three points. It's intentional to have points. that particular mission accomplished banner, right? You don't actually think you accomplish anything, are you? Or you aren't celebrating this, are you? Oh no, no, no! This is the good kind. Josh <laughs> well Jacob, 144 yards, two touchdowns oh, in your face, Mikael Bridges. 103.26 to 98.46, actually five points. Eat it. Mm. All right, let's move on to uh, Pablo's beloved Ben Simmons. And my question for you all, was it a significant step forward to see the Nets' big three actually play together? Speaking of things to celebrate, I legitimately, unironically celebrated this. <laughs> I mean, Jacoby, loves him, Jacoby loves him more than you do. No. I love like, Ben Simmons. Well, I Jacoby, love Ben Simmons as a basketball player. Not only will I not uh, gatekeep Ben Simmons, I will invite you to celebrate with me inside of the gated community that is people who think Ben Simmons is awesome. First of all, see, what you did just there, you don't realize you did. You put me outside of the Ben Simmons fan base gate like you it opened did. it for me. Exactly. What you don't yeah. know is that I am the founder of this community. Tell them. I am the mayor of the Ben Simmons Damn fan right. base community. I built those gates. I put them there. I was there when he was dating a Kardashian and decided he didn't want to Tell play them. basketball. I exactly. was there. I had a take that, you know what? 
He's turning around. He didn't see Trey Young coming at him. And Matisse Thibel made one of those two free throws. That has nothing to do with the success of them losing to the Hawks. Like Ben Simmons has takes zero blame. The last time Ben Simmons was wearing Jerry West on his chest, he was second in defensive player of the year voting. Last time I checked, 50% of the time, you are on the floor, you're playing defense. You know what else Ben Simmons is great at? He's second to Giannis in transition, the unstoppable force. He is also bad at shooting. Do you know what the Nets oh, need him oh, to do? Wait, Not wait, shoot. Okay. They've got <laughs> Seth Curry, Joe Harris, to Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. He doesn't need to shoot. If he's shooting, someone else is not shooting. Do you know what he's good at? Passing. You saw it on Monday night. The the, the cross-court no-look. The over-the-head to a streaking Durant. Think about that. An over-the-shoulder blind to a streaking Kevin Durant. Ooh, I am so happy it, uh, Wagner actually tackled him. It was weird. I don't know what I don't know what Bobby Wagner was doing there, but he tackled him. <laughs> took him down right in the middle of the lane, and I was just like, "What?" And then Eli Manning was talking about it. It was really weird. We have but, such yeah. sports yeah. media brain. My God. Yes, <laughs> I will say this. Football. Team. I love Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is free. Ben Simmons will thrive. Ben Simmons will not be asked to do the things he is bad at. He will not initiate offense. He will not be calling for picks. He will not be dribbling. I hope he dribbles like four times a game. He'll be doing all the things he's good at, none of the things he's bad at, and the Nets are bad at defense. Ben Simmons is good at defense. This is going to work splendidly until Kyrie Irving creates the chaos that he always does right around you. This is an uncomfortable. This is an uncomfortable dynamic for me. I don't know where to start. But let me get back to the question here because Alabaster is going to chime in if I don't. It isn't just about Ben Simmons. It's about the big three. And I really feel like... With the pieces that they've added, I am so so Why? positive. I, I, these are my about takes. The these Brooklyn are my Nets. takes. These are all. I'm my so takes. positive about the Brooklyn Nets. The, but the, the Nick Claxton is basically like their only center, and that's fine because they have Ben Simmons small ball to finish yeah, games. This is like this is this is it. I'm gonna say I like the Sixers. I like the Bucks. Mm-hmm. I like the Nets. And I'm not putting anybody else in that category. Sorry, Celtics. Sorry, Heat. Sorry, everybody else in the East. Those three teams are all excellent, excellent basketball teams that will vie for the number one so, spot. It will be close. As the NBA season progresses, Pablo, I'm going to require you, whenever you have takes about the Nets, this is to say, wrong. As, as David Jacoby said, mm-hmm. this team can close with Ben Simmons as, at the five. As David Jacoby says... This team is going to be great because Ben Simmons is great at defense, and also he will not need to shoot. So that's all. You just got to preface all of them. I just you want you to know the founder inside, of the Ben Simmons community. Inside of this community, I have now been inspired to start an anarchic collective in which we obey by no laws. And in fact, we, we determine our own independence, finally, out from underneath our colonial oppressors. That's what's happening. <laughs> yes. I love Ben Simmons so much. I love it's not just this big three. I love the pieces around them. Uh, I, I think the like shooters, I, the shooters, Jacoby, Alabaster, for all of Joe the Harris. stuff that we're saying, like the shooting around Ben Simmons is like actually unprecedented. Not just in his career, but I would argue, like, give me a team that has ever had this much shooting around one guy that does not shoot. It's so unbelievably optimized for him. It's very Dwight oh, Howard. Yeah. I, I can give yeah. you that team. That is. Uh, when Draymond Green plays for the Warriors. But that is also why 
Ben Simmons might be successful on this Nets team because that's the role we want him to be yes. as a screener, as a passer, as a ball mover. Oh. But I'm actually interested in what you think about the fragility of this roster because, ironically, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are also wild cards in the situation. And I wonder how effective this team could be without one of them. How do you see the season playing out for this Nets team? Because it's not like any of these guys have been reliable basketball players for the last several years. I don't think Kyrie is as essential, nearly as essential as Kevin Durant. I think yeah. we can rank these issues, Dominique. Like what, losing Kevin what Durant. You, what about yeah, Kevin Durant? This is a are big problem. Making, what about Kevin Durant? Are you making him is health prompts you to say that he's not reliable? Is it like injury health. or just him wanting to force? He his demanded way out? a trade, and he's been hurt the last three years. Okay, I was just wondering because it feels like Kevin Durant is not should not be in the same conversation as Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving, just like in my view. Um, Kevin Durant is aging when he's out there. He cooks. Like, I I don't think about him in the same way I think about Kyrie Irving, where he don't have to be injured. He just got to be, like, I don't know, the moon or the planet got to be in retrograde or something, and he might change his mind, which is feels as predictable as that sounds. It feels quite unpredictable. Uh, and Ben Simmons, like, I think he has some more, like, emotional or mental – complications than just his physical body so like i don't yep. think i think that those two players do make this roster fragile but i don't think kevin durant should be included in that same conversation but i guess it doesn't matter because any one of them drops it really well, kills but, their but, but, no, but that's the thing you think that's kyrie doesn't hurt I it i think kyrie can be survived the loss of kyrie can be survived and i think he's excellent i, I think he's the greatest ball handler of all time i think he's an incredible shooter an incredible creator but in terms of what this offense is going to need like, give me KD, give me Ben Simmons, and fill in the blank, right? Seth Curry, Joe Harris, Patty Mills, Markeith Morris. Like, just go down the list of shooters, and I think they'll be okay. Now, their ceiling will be slightly lower, but I think their ceiling is still contention. I mean, that's how – but that's – again, that is the line I'm drawing, Jacoby. But they're in the Eastern I'm Conference saying Finals. they don't even need a big three. They just need a big two. That's how they're, much I believe in Ben Simmons. They're already in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think so much about yeah. this particular roster is the pieces around the stars. They've had the stars. But, like, last year they didn't have the pieces around the stars. They had absolutely zero defense, right? Mm -hmm. And Joe Harris getting hurt because Joe Harris can play some defense. And Ben Simmons is one of the best defenders in the league. And that's going to shore up that end of the floor. Last year was never can they score 115 points was never in question. It was like can they not give up 125? And if you look at their games that happened more often than not, and I really feel like – Shoring up the defense and and Ben Simmons on the Sixers, you called him a point forward earlier. Remember, that's point actually center. the problem. Yeah, point center. The problem is, is he's not a point guard. Like he he's not. He has no threat to go to the basket finish. He's no threat to pull up off a, off a dribble. He's going to be doing what he should be doing, which is more as for the aforementioned Draymond Green, more dunker spot, more setting a screen instead of being the ball handler in a pick and roll. Like I love him catching the ball after setting a screen and operating the way Draymond did and does for the Warriors offense. Like, I, I I think everything about this team is perfect, except for Steve Nash. Oh. <laughs> don't say it. Don't, don't, say it. don't tell anybody. <clears throat> I, don't, I don't know if Steve Nash is a good basketball coach. I'm not <laughs> why are we, why are we afraid of Steve Nash? Everybody loves Steve Nash. Steve Nash has had the luxury of having a lot of, of talent, especially offensively around him. And I'm, I'm not sure that he is additive 
as a as a head basketball coach. Mm, damn. And that is my only concern. That what a what a burn. And I'm not sure that he's additive. Alabaster, God. I believe I believe um I want Jacoby's hottest football take. Are we done with basketball? I want his hottest football take right now. Jacoby has uh, so many takes. Uh let me just tell you something that this is that, don't be fooled. The Bills beat themselves against the Dolphins. The Bills are far and away the best team in the NFL. They would have been undefeated had it not been for that Dolphins game where they messed up the end of the first quarter, they messed up a field goal, and they messed up the end of the game. Like, it was just like they did it to themselves. Their secondary was completely, literally not on the field as we saw how impactful Jordan Poyer can be against the Ravens. The Bills are not as the best team in the AFC, not as the best team in the division. They're the best team in football, and they're going to win the Super Bowl. That's just, I too. felt that. I felt that before the season. I feel no Why differently. We We're all this? getting tripped. We're all getting tripped up by that loss really to the Dolphins. Really out on the ledge on this one. I like We're it. all okay. getting tripped all by, by this loss to the Dolphins. Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. No, no one thinks alone. the Bills are good. Easily, easily going to win the Super Bowl. And they're, no, they're 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 only they're going sixteen and one. They're going sixteen oh. and one. Sixteen this and one. Knows what he's Can doing. you Photoshop Jacoby's body just slathered in buffalo sauce? Here we go with all your stupid photoshops. Don't do it. Don't do 16 and one. 16 and one. It's Just throw the hard. old picture he of Pablo's jeans. And, and real Bills fans know it's not Pablo sauce. It's ketchup and mustard from those bottles. That's what we slather ourselves in. <laughs> oh, there we go. There's a the my there man in jeans. That's the only Photoshop I care about. Look at those <laughs> muscles. That's unfortunately like accurate given my actual <laughs> muscle definition. <laughs> <laughs>